0: Oh, I I thought I had relationship all figured out. I thought I had it licked, so to speak. I mean, you were amazing. I knew I was amazing. You were an associate therapist at that time. I was a renowned relationship coach. I was like, we got this. I was flying high. I mean, everything was just on point for me. And wow, it just was a matter of a couple months before I started to hit those walls of my own, the the shadow sides of me that I was not intimate with. Welcome to Men This Way, the podcast for every man who seeks to live his deepest purpose in life, who's committed to showing up fully and giving his unique gifts to the world. Because if not you, then who? I'm your host and fellow journeyman, Brian Reeves. Brian with a Y, Reeves. Men, this way. Do all relationships struggle? What even is intimacy, really? And why do so many men struggle with both relationships and intimacy? Well, in this episode, my very special guest and I dive into these questions and more for useful insights to make a meaningful difference in your life. And my very special guest today is my wife of eight years, Sylvie Kukassian. Now, Sylvie is brilliant and badass in her own right. She's the host of the popular Instagram community under her name, where she writes about attachment, healthy boundaries, relational dynamics. And I'm constantly hearing from people, even my own clients often in the middle of a session will, will tell me that they saw something she posted the other day that struck them deeply. Sylvie is a world-renowned and highly sought-after expert on the subject of healthy relationships and how to create and maintain them. She's been interviewed by Vogue magazine, Playboy magazine, Allure magazine, featured by BuzzFeed and countless other worldwide media. In today's episode, Sylvie and I dive into what I call the second pillar of a thriving man, intimacy. This is one of the five pillars of A Thriving Man that I created a few years back in no particular order. Purpose, intimacy, family, brotherhood, and spirituality. Now We talk about our relationship in each of our cultures, our family systems, the backgrounds that we brought into our relationship, and some of the challenges that we faced as a result of those things. And we did clash at the beginning of our relationship a lot. We even broke up after just four months. And even still today, sometimes we clash. But that is exactly what we both needed and continue to need to grow in our capacity to love and be relational with each other. We fought hard against our differences early on, and it almost cost us both a truly great relationship. We talk about all that and more as we invite you into our love story and our adventure in intimacy, both with ourselves and with each other. One last thing the time is now to apply for Elevate 2024, my year long coaching journey for men committed to thriving in life. I'm only inviting 10 men to go through all of 2024 with me personally on the adventure of a lifetime. And already six spots are taken, only four spots remain. So if you're ready to rise above the distractions and compulsions sabotaging you from living your fullness as a man, if you're done trying to lone wolf it through life, bearing all your burdens alone, this is for you. Elevate 2024 includes personal coaching with me for an entire year alongside a select group of trustable men on this journey with you. We'll also meet in person for a five-day retreat midway through in a beautiful spot in nature. Through this experience, these men and I will become your brothers for life. You can learn more and hear about past participants' experiences at brianreeves.com slash elevate. It's brian with a y, reeves.com slash elevate elevate. All right, now let's get back to this encounter with my lovely lady, Sylvie Kukassian. This is a very special episode in which we both get vulnerable about our experiences together. So I strongly encourage you to stay tuned all the way through to the end of this episode of Men This Way. All right, let's dive. Sylvie Kukassian, thanks for being here, babe.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. Today, we're talking about intimacy, right? I'm, I'm starting to talk more about the five pillars of a thriving man. When I talk about intimacy, one of the things that I think people immediately think of or default to is intimacy with another person, which is why you are perfect to have this conversation with me and for so many reasons. But the reality is I don't necessarily mean intimacy with another person. That's certainly part of it, but a big part of his intimacy with self. And as you and I were talking about this episode, about doing this, just by the way, 10 minutes ago, this is, I, this is Sylvie's, I mean, we've been talking about this for a long time, but babe, I just want to acknowledge you, you live dangerously.
1: Oh, it only took five years, so I'll take the
0: credit. <laughs> well, actually, that's a good point. It did take five years. I would have done this five years ago with you. That's a really good point. Thank you for your honesty. <laughs> but when it came down to it, you were like, let's do it right now. And I was like, oh, really? You're like, yep. So I acknowledge you, applaud you, and thank you. But when we we're talking about doing this, having this conversation around intimacy, what is intimacy? You, particularly, you you like to talk about a particular distinction, which is definitely important, and that is the difference between relational intimacy and intimacy with self. T- tell us more about that in your experience perspective expertise brilliance wonder
1: no pressure <laughs> well you know as we were as we were exploring themes to talk about today i i'm always so fascinated by the different ways Different cultural narratives, different systems really approach intimacy and so many other realms and themes and things that come up in our world. And I think for me, you know, growing up in a very communal, family oriented um, culture, for me, i don't I don't think of intimacy with self first. i'm I' am Armenian, ethnically born in Saudi Arabia, lived in Syria for a couple of years, and our family is so close in, in our day-to-day relational experiences, and we just experience intimacy from a much more relational lens. And I think that here in the West, here in America, there is so much of that focus on self and self-development, personal development, transformation, setting those firm boundaries. All those things are beautiful and necessary and needed, but I do think a lot of times it robs us of that more communal, relational dynamic, which is absolutely just as important. Yeah. If not, I would even lean maybe more important.
0: Well, you know... I
1: won't go that far. Well, this
0: has shown up in our relationship a lot, I think, to both our surprise in many ways. And I mean, look, you you make a great point, because here in the West, what is our... Especially the United States of America, our core value is freedom, independence, which means... Separate, essentially, from, it means not being relational. Independence is all about separation of relating to into individuals. So, and I, you know, growing up in my family system, feeling, you know, in retrospect, understanding that what I experienced, despite having many wonderful people around me, four wonderful parents who, you know, we all going through their stuff and, but realizing that from a young age, I was by default really being conditioned to be extremely independent from a very young age, such that that was my, my highest value was taking care of myself, learning to know myself. Uh, so much of the personal development work that I did after the military I mean, the military was incredibly disconnecting from myself such that I was just you know, useless to the world and afterwards had to wander aimlessly about to find myself. But the work that I did, so-called finding myself after, was was very about becoming intimate with me again. Who is Brian? What does Brian feel, think, want? I mean, my book, Tell the Truth, Let the Peace Fall Where It May, was very much an exploration of, of my own intimacy with who is this guy, being called Brian Reeves, and what does he care about, all of that. And then I met you. Yeah. Sly little smile on your face, for those who can't see it, because she knows.
1: Ta-da! Ta-da!
0: And, you know, even when we were first together, my I had so much momentum. Six years of singledom, singlehood, not to mention, again, f- you know, what, 25, 30 years of just life training, probably more than that, than of, of independence. And so that's where this this thing about intimacy with another, intimacy with other, intimacy with you. I was so, despite all that I had been learning, I, in so many ways, I was so novice and unprepared for intimacy, true intimacy with you. Again, we'll, we'll dive more into what this means, but I'm curious, I mean, your experience at the beginning, what was it like for you? meeting this man who was fiercely independent
1: well i think uh you know this is where the whole thing of where we can be drawn to people who have claimed certain aspects of themselves that are very different than what we've claimed so for me i felt very confident about being connected with my family. I felt like my relationship skills. I just felt like I knew how to take care of people. Like I felt like that was something that I I grew up with. It was very comfortable for me. And I think part of the reason I was drawn to you was because you had this beautiful ability to be so self-expressed and you had this way of, you had this adventurous spirit and this exploratory way of being and very curious about the world. And I think, you know, with both individualistic um, ways of being and communal ways of being, I think there's benefits and I think there can be costs. Mm. And I think for me, one of the costs was, and this even happened, you know, when we were dating in the beginning, I, I went into that role of being very supportive and being very, you know, coming with you to all your events and being really wanting to be present and wanting to be a really good partner. And I started to slowly feel really disconnected from myself.
0: And, and and me lapping it up. Like I would love to having you at my events because I had been so independent. So, so more focused on intimacy with me, which is, was pretty lonely in a sense. There was a lot of loneliness that I was also avoiding. And here you are, and I'm wanting you around constantly so I can feel relational intimacy, but also not really knowing how to attune to you how to feel you, how to feel what's happening for you, how to see what's really going on for you. And it was like a perfect little storm.
1: really was.
0: For us at the beginning.
1: And I think when when it really did bubble up for us, where I started to feel resentful, angry within myself because I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know how to express the boundaries. I didn't know how to express my needs. And I want to talk about, you know, I, I share a lot about systems in my work. You know, the system of patriarchy, you know, women have very rigid roles and they're very often put in the more supportive dynamic. They're not as encouraged to really, you know, pursue their careers full on and really get to, you know, really own those parts of themselves. We've come a long way, but those narratives and that messaging runs really, really deep. And so I had no idea that those things were playing out. I'm like no, I've been, you know, I'm, i have been doing this work for all this time. I, I could, you know, I could be able to see through those things, but I, I was really able to empathize. I think for the first time in my life, how deeply rooted those those messages were, and it was absolutely excruciating to start unpacking that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think we that was one of the when we broke up really soon after that.
0: Yeah. Experience. Well, because I had no idea what was going on. That for me, this was the greatest thing ever. I was full on doing me because I'd spent the last 15 years learning intimacy with me. Who am I? What do I care about? What do I want? What am I feel? All of that. Again, there was massive blind spots that only relational intimacy with you could reveal. Right? It's so easy to not see what I don't want to see or have never seen when I don't have another human being in my space pointing them out in all kinds of ways. Um, not even, not consciously, but just. You know, just by the the mirror effect, we could say. I was so confused. What is happening? Why isn't she as thrilled as I am? Mm. And when when we broke up, what really came clear to me in those, we broke up around six months in, and what really came clear to me during that time is just how, well, let's just say unattuned Mm. I was to what was happening for you. Like, just so unattuned. It's not that I didn't care. Of course I cared. Yeah. But it, I, I put it in the, that, that, the the box of, well, that's your stuff. Hmm. And I don't know what it is, and I don't need to figure it out, and I don't need to worry about it, because it's your stuff. It's not my responsibility. That's your stuff. Like, I'm taking care of me. I'm doing me. I'm figuring me out. I'm still all of that. You you, know, you got you. I got me. And when we broke up, it was such a shock to my system
1: well, and I think it's so interesting that in in, in many ways, like we kind of swapped, we started to really take on and integrate ways of being that the other one was a little bit more practiced in. Like for me to end our relationship was a huge, confusing, disoriented experience where mm-hmm. I shouldn't be taking care of you. I shouldn't be doing this. This is selfish. This is like, how can I make this choice? And for you, you know, coming in touch with all these more relational aspects, I think is what allowed us to come back together. And I think a lot of people always wonder, well, yeah, how do you know, you know, when it's a when it's right to get back together? Mm. What's different? You know, have there been any really huge realizations that have taken place for for that relationship to have a chance to play out differently? Or is it just gonna repeat itself and just get right back on the same carousel all over again?
0: Yeah and i think there was a massive seismic shift in my awareness what i was paying attention to what i knew i needed to pay attention to it doesn't mean it was easy after that far from it but it was really the beginning of, of an entirely new adventure i love i love adventure so i use it really wasn't adventure but new path of understanding what does it mean to be intimate with someone you know my my a man that i worked with steve james Uh, One of my earlier guests on this this podcast, he he defined intimacy in a way that was really profound for me and simple. He said, "Intimacy is simply seeing what is there to be seen and feeling what is there to be felt. Seeing what is there to be seen and feeling what is there to be felt. And again, I've been doing a lot of things to learn about you know before meeting you and and even since a lot of practices around feeling my body, feeling myself, seeing into my thoughts, all of that. And our breakup, when we came back, like in that time, I realized, wow, I am so not seeing what is there to be seen with Sylvie and feeling what is there to be felt with her. Because you had been giving me so many signals that all was not well and that you were struggling. And... I think for me, and I, I, what I'm hearing you saying too is, you were attracted to the part of me that was fiercely independent because you're you were so enmeshed in your family system as well.
1: Well, I definitely uh, identify very much with caretaker role and being really. Taking on a lot of the emotional um, experiences in my family system, and it was really hard for me to have boundaries around what's not mine, what's what is mine. Figuring out there's a process in therapy called individuation, and I think I was mm. really being called into that space more and more as our the beginning of our relationship has started to evolve. But I would say, you know, when you describe intimacy in in what you just shared, for me, intimacy was claiming. That those feelings that I had, that I, I, you know, oftentimes would project on you in the beginning. You know, I wanted to blame you. I wanted it to be your fault. I would get angry. I, I remember. <laughs> and, and that's the one of the confusing and disorienting and beautiful gifts I think of projection is that it can allow us to see things. Unfortunately, we blame it on someone else. But if we can use that information as a tool to really understand, wow, that's really something that's. Going on with me. And there was so much grief and so much anger to kind of wake up to this, this, again, those narratives that I have felt oppressed and I have felt like I didn't know how to step into my power. I didn't know how to really take on the things that I wanted to take on next to you without kind of fitting myself in the role that I thought I had to fit in. Yeah, Like find, finding my own way and carving my own way while being in relationship to you was completely foreign territory for me.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I can look back and see what I often tried to do and not in a very skilled way. And at times it could I was very harsh, I think, especially when I was triggered and angry because I was just pr- then projecting my own stuff back onto you. It's, you know, I'm angry and it's your fault. You did this to me. Mm-hmm. You need to change you need to be different so that i can ah get you know get back to myself and living in that myth and it was just it was just so cloudy between us in those early days and
1: we were so focused on ourselves like i think we got to a point where i'm trying to feel safe you're trying to feel free and we completely didn't have the tools or the ability to know how to really comfort and soothe one another and also that how that would oftentimes be a path to then resolving our own experiences and feelings right
0: yeah of course yeah i was i was i had w- when we met i had so much intellectual knowledge but i had very little embodiment practice embodied application of what i believed in my in my thoughts in my in my my belief systems and all the things that i had learned about relationship and intimacy. And and um, and you said something interesting about grieving. There was a lot of grieving that you were going through. And I, I didn't realize that I had so much grieving coming for me mm. that I had been avoiding for so long. Just the act of choosing a partner and staying with her. And I'd never really done that before. Mm. I had attempted it, but you know, that's not something you really attempt. You either do it or you don't. So I'd been really half in and half out before in previous relationships. Even if I said I was all in, I was half in. And naturally those relationships were, they never really worked well. And with you, I knew in my depths, I was all in, but I think on the, it took me a while, like on the surface, all my old patterns, all my old fears, my just sort of just, you know, the way I'd been showing up for so long and was terrified, and I couldn't see that. I couldn't see that. I couldn't speak to that. I couldn't, you know. That was a huge blind spot of mine. You could say, in a way, that was where I lacked intimacy with myself. Well,
1: and I also think, you know, there's something you and I often talk about is is that these markers, these milestones of transition, right? Like
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're going from both you and I had been single for six years, and. Yeah. That's a long time it to, is. To, to be not committed in partnership and to then come together and to know that, okay, this is going to be the relationship that's going to go towards marriage. And this is the person that we're gonna, we we want to spend our life with and how we often talk about this lack of, of rituals, this lack of communal grieving grievings and celebrations always see when people get married or you know when they get engaged on tv and in in fairy tales is ecstasy yeah they don't show the grief that so many people are going through especially you know as we're as we partnered up and we're, we're being mirrored, all of these parts of ourselves that we probably thought we had already worked on, we were both of us had been doing so much personal development work. Oh, yeah. It was shocking that so much was coming up for both of us.
0: Oh, I, I thought I had relationship all figured out. I thought I had it licked, so to speak. I mean, you were amazing. I knew I was amazing. You, you, were, a ther- you were an associate therapist at that time. I was a renowned relationship coach. I was like, we got this. I was flying high. I mean, everything was just on point for me. And wow, it just was a matter of a couple months before I started to hit those walls of my own, the the shadow sides of me that I was not intimate with, that I I hadn't seen. And and I think, you know, in the years, so let's see, that was, we've been together over five years now. Mm -hmm. And I know we're still still on this journey of intimacy with self intimacy with other we're still still teaching each other how to be with us
1: and for each person that's in a relationship that that work is going to look so different you know like for me it's easy for me to know what's happening for you i usually can feel what's going on for you before you can feel it in you Hmm. that's not always helpful Right. It's like, for me, what's been my journey is, yeah, it's okay. You know, Brian and others can, they can take care of themselves. If they need me, they'll come ask for support. What's going on for me? Mm-hmm. What am I feeling? What's coming up for me? And to really start bringing that, that compass and point it Point it back towards myself so that I can actually start to be more intimate with myself because I think I was really struggling with that. Of course, that's, you know, the vulnerability piece, getting in touch with that and then sharing that. That's so hard to do. Well,
0: I think that's really key because what you're saying right there, Sylvia, I think is really key because I'm also aware that we often are wrong about what we think is happening for the other. And it Mm -hmm. is it is there is a projection or we're just we're just guessing wrong we're just misreading a cue a sign a facial expression a, a tone of voice or misreading and i think what you what you just said about coming back to what am i feeling what's happening for me i know in our relationship these moments when we've been able to stop focusing on what we think is going on for the other person and come back and acknowledge I mean, we've had to both at times kind of hold each other and say, OK, wait a second. What are you what are you feel? What's happening for you right now?
1: Well, when you have two relationship coaches in a relationship, it's hard to turn that off sometimes.
0: It is. But it's so important because when when I know when I'm able when I'm in my whatever anxiety has a grip on me, whatever story I, I, I'm i caught up around. And for me, usually it's usually some you know story of the future or the past or usually the future really. That I'm afraid is going to happen, or I don't want to happen, or just I don't know. Things are out of order, and I wish they were in order. And I'm talking about it. That never that never helps us. That rarely helps us. That usually creates a disconnect between us. And when either I'm able to arrest it, but usually more often it's you, Sylvie, saying, "Brian, what's happening for you right now?" <laughs> like, shut up. You don't say. You never say shut up. But you know, basically, you say shut up. About whatever your your facial expression might say. Shut up about whatever's you think is going on right now. What's happening for you? What's going on right now? What What are you feeling? What's going on? And when I'm able to then check in with myself and go, okay, um, yeah, you know what? I'm feeling really frazzled or really just I don't know. I'm feeling all over the place. I'm feeling split. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling behind. I'm feeling. I feel like that. So that is, is our saving grace at times.
1: Well we're both we both have a lot of relationship jargon up our tool belt, right? <laughs> yeah. And it feels like we can sometimes become like this intellectual pseudo vulnerability right yeah and we know when we're being vulnerable and we know when we're' when we're maneuvering around it, trying to weasel our way out. and connection doesn't happen in those places. No, it, doesn't. it doesn't so at some point when you start to feel really disconnected when when we have felt. All right, like where's the where's the piece of vulnerability here? What's important for me to share? And sometimes I have to go away from you and journal or you know meet with my therapist to figure out what the heck is going on for me. A lot of times I don't know. Yeah. You know, we don't always resolve things in the moment. I think this is one of the the biggest misconceptions that people have of of those in relationships. We don't always know what's going on. We don't always solve conflict or resolve it. What is that, what is yeah. that research, that amazing golden research by Gottman that 69% of couples' conflict is unresolvable hmm. and really leaning into those places so we don't constantly put that pressure to feel like we have to Package everything up with a bow because both of us like to do that. Me more. I'll take. I'll take responsibility for that.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I'm often telling couples when I'm working with them that that it's it's not the differences between you that are causing problems. It's constantly trying to resolve those differences that's causing problems. And it's easy for me to say that to another couple. It's a whole other thing for me to practice it with you because I I don't like those differences either. They're scary. They make me feel afraid because if there's a difference between us so the so the nervous system so the lizard brain thinks well if there's a difference that's unresolvable it means we can't be together.
1: Yeah. And that's scary. And I think for me what's happened over the years and this wasn't there in the beginning I equally was scared of those differences what I found is that we have very complementary ways of being mm-hmm. where I feel like areas that I don't feel like are my strength are your strength. And areas where I feel like I have strength and like really using those things and and recognizing that we both have them so that we don't end up putting the other person on this pedestal as well. Because I, I know that I've done that before and have minimized what I bring to the totally, you know.
0: Yeah. Or 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 try to make you know, when I, if I try to make you be more like me, yeah. number one, it doesn't work. Number two, I wouldn't like it if you did anyway. it would I don't want to be with me. Why do I, I would annoy the hell out of me. So, so, you know, learning, I think that's been a massive part of my journey in these last five years has been, cause my God, Sylvia, there's so many amazing gifts that you have, your gifts of, of just magic making. And like, even right now, this podcast, I wouldn't have done this this way. I would have wanted to plan it out. Let's schedule it a couple days and, and like, I've been waiting years for this. And you were like, you know, we just started talking about within, within literally 30 minutes of, of it coming up in a conversation. Here we are within 30 minutes. I mean, there's, there's so much that, I mean, what you've done through social media in these last four years, like just in terms of your ability to connect with people, to, to, to create beautiful, blogs you're writing and you're just what you've created online and and the the energy the community that that's created around you like all the things that i'm dying for To be of service to have impact to Create community all of that like you have such a capacity for that and yet It's so easy for me to want to get in the way of it or change it because it's not familiar to my way of doing things But yet if I do that, it's like, you know, it's like uh, You know choking the golden goose to try to get more gold eggs out and I'm just killing the golden goose and it doesn't work. And But yet, so learning to tolerate, not just tolerate, but embrace the differences between us uh, is both my most important work, but also sometimes the most frightening.
1: Well, I've said the same thing to, about you, you know, meeting you and your courage and your ability to speak truth to some really uncomfortable,
0: mm.
1: almost, um, what's the word that Esther Pirelli recently used? Um,
0: provocative, controversial? taboo
1: taboo it's almost like these things that we've we've made to be so taboo but are so essential to explore and talk about and i think yeah. that part of me that has always yearned to be able to to be able to speak to those places and how much more courageous i feel like i have become hmm. being in partnership with you and i fought that to the, to to the most it's again like i said it's taken 5 years to get to this podcast <laughs> episode but and it's you know that's that's how the evolution of relationships i think need need to be and not to pressure ourselves to be further than what we are Mm -hmm. and to also allow that embracing to happen over time and to kind of there is a little bit of a faith and trust piece of recognizing there were things about the person that i chose for a reason unless of course there's harm or abuse or you know those kinds of things if those things are not there it's, it's always really good. I invite couples to, to to look at those parts. You know, it's okay for you to start to get frustrated and scared of the very parts you admire of your partner. But what's in that? Explore mm-hmm. that, lean into that. You know, see if those are parts of yourself that you might be wanting to take on, but you're afraid or don't know how. And then how can you ask your partner for support? Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, that is that is a big piece of it. It can take so much humility to be able to acknowledge that part and the fear piece it can be very scary like how many times have you told me you've never cried so much in your life since being with me
0: yeah and and, and we mean that in a good way well, <laughs> not because she beats me with a with a rolling pin every morning no
1: beating no, no beating on this podcast or ever
0: no through allowing myself which has been scary to, to depend on you in a way, to rely on you, to be vulnerable with you, to, to be seen by you. Again, talk about intimacy, seeing what is there to be seen. Like there's, you've seen me, there've been things that have happened or old things that have been, been unresolved where there's been so much sadness that, you know, I wouldn't let myself feel for most of my life. And in your presence as these things have been triggered not by you but by maybe a movie or by a conversation with somebody or and all of a sudden there's this massive sadness present whereas before i would just ah, just turn away from it you know you're 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 a pretty solid strong stand for not turning away from it and it's allowed me at times to sit with it and feel it and Know that I'm also being held by you in it, in those moments. And again, it's 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 to me, it's a profound practice of intimacy with myself, exploring those areas of particularly sadness, also anger, for me especially, at depths that I I almost can't do by myself.
1: Well, I think you bring a really beautiful kind of third part of intimacy, right? We've talked about intimacy with self. We've talked about the relational sharing intimacy that happens in relationships. Mm -hmm. And then there's one that you just spoke to that's like the kind of intimacy that we discover about ourselves in the presence of another that can help witness and see us as we're... I mean, talk about vulnerability right there.
0: Yeah, and I, I think because... And it's been especially... What I want to say about that is, like, you're amazing at helping people and me. See, it's it's almost uncomfortable for me to say me, helping me feel safe. Because I have to acknowledge that I generally don't feel safe. Even that is a, you know, I want to say, ah, I'm always safe. I'm good. I got me. But to just say, especially when there's sadness present, I'm terrified. And you, I think that's what makes you a great both coach and an associate therapist. I can say that, right? Mm-hmm. Your ability and a writer to help people feel really safe so that we can deepen an intimacy. I can deepen an intimacy with myself, which then, in because I'm doing it in connect partnership with you, I think is a beautiful intimacy practice, relational intimacy practice.
1: And I think there's, you know, there's different bridges to get there, you know, for you me helping you with more of the emotional piece has been really powerful, but yeah. For me, I've been swimming in my emotions my whole life having your intellectual ability to kind of ground me when I'm going through a hard time and, you know, help me reality test things or just kind of walk me through it from that intellectual place has been So containing for my emotions. And I think, you know, this is one of the things when people often even ask me when they, you know, want to find someone to work with. It's like we all have different access points and different areas. Mm -hmm. Some of us may want to, you know, strengthen our, our left brain. Some of us might want to strengthen the right emotional, intuitive parts. And I think this is, again, where the we have had very different strengths and how they've been very compatible, but we have really, tr- we've had to really recognize that and not try to make the other person like us. And we've evolved to integrate a lot of those pieces, yeah. but it's taken a long time.
0: And to do them with a little more skill than because... I can what you just said, I can hear a lot of guys out there going, but I try to do that for my lady all the time. I'm always trying to give her perspective or or help her see the bright side of things or the pot is, or just see it my way, and she hates it. She does. So I want to cl- clarify something here that it only serves, and I want to use that word specifically, serves our relationship. When I offer intellectual grounding perspective, you know thoughts, all of that, when two things are present number one i have sylvie's permission and number two i'm not doing it in a way that bypasses or dismisses what she's feeling
1: beautiful distinctions yeah and permission isn't always like asking me but reading my body language or sometimes it's asking sometimes it's like hey now offer you some you know some support or you just want me to listen you know
0: right right or could also be noticing that when i start to offer some perspective, because that's my first thing that I want to do. And noticing she resists. Oh, okay. Backing off. Okay. Backing off. Not trying to, you're not going to shove that down your throat because that ain't going to work or serve.
1: Being flexible and fluid around, you know, that moment to moment intimacy and um, attunement absolutely helps a lot. And so
0: this is, you know, this is, I think this is the, the art, the dance of intimacy. It is intimacy, knowing, knowing self, not even, again, not even in some big metaphysical way like knowing my spirituals, God's self or anything. No, I'm talking about what am I knowing my feelings? What am I feeling from moment to moment? What's happening in this body? What am I thinking? What are all the stories and the ideas and the, all the stuff that I'm carrying that, you know, is just a, mostly just a soup of the same shit I ate yesterday? I think that is a foundation, at least in my, my journey, Sylvie, is that that's been more of, a, of the foundation I think you've come at this the opposite from more relational. Like for me, the knowing self has been the foundation upon which I have now practiced attuning to other, Really seeing you, seeing what is there to be seen, feeling what is there to be felt, by just by just which like what I just said, when there's resistance, when I'm wanting to offer you something, perspective, logic, whatever. And feeling, okay, is this, is she opening to this? Is this opening her or closing her? Her nervous system, her body, is she liking this? Is she enjoying this? Or is this pissing her off? (laughs) And she gives this like, you know, is it serving or isn't? And if it's not serving, then back the fuck off. Whereas in the past, I would never back the fuck off. I would say, what the hell? Why aren't you taking this from me? It's, you know, which is violating, but I never saw it that way because it's an idea. It's perspective. You should This should free you.
1: Yeah. And I would say, like, for me, it's come from the other angle, you know, being really um, coming from the relational, focusing Mm -hmm. externally, focusing outward, wanting to take care of the other Mm -hmm. person and taking a step back and just being like, wow, it's okay. And it's safe for me to just feel what I'm feeling. And wow. I mean, there are no words to describe the completely different relational experience that opened up for me from that place
0: I, and it's I, I remember do. early in our relationship you you did something really courageous we had only been dating i think three months holidays were coming i was traveling so much i didn't even have a home and i remember just by circumstance or I, I don't remember i don't remember how it how it came to be but it all of a sudden i was sort of looking at you like yeah i can stay at your place for for like the, the holidays right <laughs> you remember that remember <laughs> what happened
1: well it wasn't quite time
0: <laughs> that's right
1: oh i did it was it hard to to speak those words you know but that's where the boundaries was so important for me
0: you knew i had nowhere else i mean I, I didn't i mean you knew that i didn't have another place lined up
1: I knew that you would be okay. You were. You had the means to figure it out. Right. But I did know that you you didn't have somewhere at the moment, and it was terrifying for me to to feel like I was again abandoning you, or keep making you feel you know experience being stranded. It was not. It was not fun.
0: Yeah, and I remember that was the a, a great gift that you gave me because. I remember when I left your home and I was in my truck and I was driving around. I think I I didn't even have a place yet, but I finally found a place. It was around the holidays. There weren't a lot of places to go. I wasn't making a lot of money at that time. you know, I was spending it all at the, every month on my business, on traveling, on everything. So anyway, I remember I did find a place in, in, in Malibu, a little a be, a bedroom in someone's home. And, and it was so sweet and so... I took myself to see a Star Wars movie where where Harrison Ford confronts his son or the son. There's this father-son thing that goes on, and 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 I think because you you really were true to what was true for you, Sylvie. You like you were really honoring of your awareness of self, what you needed. Okay, I need to not yet share my space with this person. It's too much, too fast. Mm-hmm. Rather than override that. You were true to yourself with that and you were so kind and so understanding in the way that you you were not at all cruel or unkind or harsh about it it was you were very understanding i don't even think i realized what courage it took for you to do that Mm. i remember the experience that i had was so profoundly connecting to myself you know i i have to face some father dad stuff that was coming up for me because it's the holidays where's my family you know, my dad wasn't checking in on me at that time, not that he, he still doesn't like the I had to really face some stuff that I had been again, ignoring. So anyway, it was a, uh, you know, and you came out and visited me a few days later. And
1: Well, and I think for me, that was a moment where I started to really play around with and discover how to be relational around boundaries. You know, I think we're so often taught that boundaries need to be really not always harsh, but there's like this firmness around them. And we, you know, we have to just do it in that kind of way. And for me, as soon as I, I remember having, and I, I use the bound, the, the term boundary just cause it can, I think, help us contextualize this. Um, I remember I was able to be loving with you about it afterwards, you know, yeah. and it was like, Oh, wow. Like I can still, I can do this and take care of what I need. And, but also be very caring and sensitive about the aftermath of that boundary. And I think that's a really important piece. We don't have, we can't always do that. Sometimes if I'm angry, I need to just walk out the door and take care of myself. I'm not gonna poke my head back in. Oh, honey, I'll be right back in. Well, you should say you're coming right back if if you have a partner that has fear of abandonment, but-
0: Do it through gritted teeth. I'll be right back.
1: I'll be right back in 20 minutes. But I think that was really freeing for me, you know, that I could. And as our relationship developed, it became so much easier for me to have boundaries and not do that, you know, because like there was enough safety and trust that I could say, no, honey, I can't do that right now. And you, you wouldn't guilt me or make me feel bad or I didn't feel like I was a bad person, which was, you know, one of the biggest narratives that I was carrying around, like because I, I, I never wanted anyone to to feel bad.
0: Well, and I, I think that was a gift of, of my doing self-relation, self-intimacy for a long time. I was able to contain, hold, see so much of what was coming up for me and know, you know, I've read, kind of have this at least very intellectual awareness that it's not her fault.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, she's free to be her. She's free, you know, her needs and wants, even if I don't understand them or like them or if they're not convenient for me, it's okay. She's allowed to have those and they are going to, trigger me and things are going to happen, but that's mine. Yeah. And I think, you know, in those moments it, it serves me well. I think that's something that, I mean, there was another, even in that, that early time where, again, I wanted to take you to see my family. I wanted to take you on this, right? Again, we'd only been dating three months and I wanted to take you on a two week extravaganza to see all my family across the United States. I was so excited. Aww. And you were like, what, what was your response to that?
1: I think I just looked at you <laughs> like, like my face felt a little bit like frozen. I was a little bit, you know, I wasn't ready.
0: Yeah. What I, what I heard in very loving terms was, hell no. <laughs> and that was pretty devastating to me. I was devastated. Like I was really, was hard like part. I had to, but again, you know, it's my, my ethic is to, I, I don't ever want to make you feel responsible for what I'm experiencing. And now taken to an extreme, it doesn't serve our relationship relational intimacy, because we do have impact on each other. You do how you show up does have impact on me, and vice versa. And I think that's the the dance here is is I think a lot of us, I you know, work with especially men uh, when I when I when I work with men and I get into this conversation and this has been my you know through, through many years my challenge in understanding this. It is a bit of a paradox. You know, I am fully responsible for what's happening, my feelings, my choices, my behaviors, my thoughts, all of that. Like I can take ownership of that and though how you show up does have impact on me and vice versa. I mean, I think most of us and myself included, and this is when it wouldn't work. I was very, I could be very harsh with you, you know, crossing my arms and that's your shit. I don't know if I ever said that word like that, but that was basically my energy in the beginning that's your stuff i'm not taking any responsibility for it and it's it does the relational intimacy collapses in that moment
1: yeah
0: and i know you know i i I, there were some times where i was very i can just remember and i'm so glad that we were able to find our way through that because you know now looking back and even you know if there's moments even in our current times where i may sort of have a flash of that old stubborn fool Mm -hmm. i know how hurtful that is and uh, I'm sorry, babe. I'm I'm still working on it, you know.
1: I'm and, and I'm and I'm very and I'm very lucky to be with someone that cares so much to be aware of those things and wants to wants to acknowledge them and repair those those moments. And I haven't seen that in a long time.
0: Mm, yeah. You
1: know. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think it's important to to share with people that like both you and I have gotten therapy. You know, like we when. We've gotten we 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 do our own. We, we you know when things come up in our relationship, we go to therapy. And I think it's really important to to recognize how normal that is. And now I want to normalize that more, so that couples don't feel like they have to carry this alone. And that they you know we don't have the same villages and communal ways of living for most of us. And so, therapists have become our wise elders in many ways. Yeah counselors and coaches and they're oftentimes a lot of the people we go to who can hold space for uh, normalizing these kinds of experiences and helping with tools to come out of them in more in ways that are holding much more of a partnership
0: way of being well let's let's wrap this up babe with some key takeaways what do you think let's three key takeaways from this conversation Well,
1: it's a good thing I was taking some notes.
0: (laughs) One thing you do so well, I've seen it.
1: I think the key takeaway is acknowledging that intimacy, there's intimacy of self and there's relational intimacy. And they're both, you know, interwinding with one another and they inform one another and they both have so much value and they they're, they're pouring into the same
0: cup, river, toilet,
1: let's, (laughs) <laughs> Not toilet no, no, into the same river. I like that's okay. the most poetic
0: option I've got. <laughs> okay. Ocean.
1: That's that's one. And I would say the second piece is um, you know, really spending time acknowledging the systems, the different systems that might be playing out in your relationship. It's really easy to think things are happening on a personal level. It's Brian, it's Sylvie. Sometimes it's it's systemic racism, sometimes it's capitalism, sometimes it's patriarchy, sometimes it's individualism versus um, communal living, and all of these things, you know, we're in the water. We don't realize that they're impacting our relationship and us, and how important it can be to unpack those and, and look at them in a more externalized way. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. And I'll, I'll offer the third takeaway, and that is that intimacy is a lifetime journey, both with self and with your partner. I mean, we're we're, you and I are, I mean, I'm 46 and I'm still learning new things about myself. As I go into therapy, as I just continue reading new books and shoot, every time I have a new client in my coaching practice, I learn something new about myself through their presence. And um, of course, with you and I, five years, five and a half years together, and I feel like they're Gosh, there's just so much more, even as you grow, I've seen you grow and evolve so much just in our five years together. And imagine in another five years, there's always a new, not always, but there's maybe always really, if I'm doing intimacy well, you, Sylvie, are a new human being for me to figure out, learn how to interact with, to engage, to be intimate with, to feel what's happening for you and Mm -hmm. moment by moment. And the things that something that i did yesterday that may have served you yesterday i tried it again today and it oops it's not the thing
1: well and it's also you know as you say that last the third takeaway is is being open to your partner's change you know mm.
0: and yeah. i think that
1: that's right one of, yeah. the, one of the most important things is yeah. is trying not to hold them to be who they were yesterday or last year or five years ago.
0: Well, that's so true. And I mean, you when when you and I met, I was this fiercely independent. I didn't have a home. I was traveling all over the place. I was just like so on my mission. So, and now look at five years later. I'm dying for like the family. That that pillar, family, wasn't even a in my consciousness five years ago. I wasn't even thinking about it. And now you've done this to me now, five years later, I'm so, I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're exploring, we're welcoming in the, 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 how do I say this? The opportunity, the possibility, the likelihood, the vision of having a child. And, you know, I'm, I'm missing my own family so much. Like I have evolved so much over these five years and, you know, that presents its own challenges as well. So, but babe, I am so thankful. Thank you so much for for being here with me in my life. But I mean, also on this podcast. Has this been fun for you?
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's 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 when I do these things with you, I get to see you in a different light. Hmm. So it's it's seeing you in your element, and it's it's fun. I know this is doing work together has been a big part of our vision, and we've had to do a lot of work ourselves to kind of build towards doing more of this kind of stuff so it's very exciting and um, I'm thrilled to do more and I hope this served your community and can't wait to hear the feedback
0: um just last thing where can people what do you want people to know about what you're up to where they can find you
1: I would say the best way to find me is on my Instagram page which is at Sylvie Kukassian, s-i-l-v-y-k-h-o-u-c-a-s-i-a-n it's a long one <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes at, at brianreeves.com slash men this way podcast. Cause I, I, I don't expect anyone to, have to remember, but if you do anyway, babe, keep going, please spell it. Can you spell that 17 more times so that everyone can get wow. it?
1: Well, it's, it's, it's where the, where I share a lot of my relationship content and um attached Instagram calls on my Instagram page. Instagram, yes. yeah. I talk about, um, uh, I talk about Instagram on my Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> I talk about attachment styles and attachment theory, boundaries, and all kinds of relational topics um, because that's just such a huge part of my purpose. And um, I, you can find me there if you want some support around that.
0: Wonderful, Ben. Thank you, honey. Thank you so much. So good to have you here. Love you. Love you. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you again to my lovely and brilliant lady, Sylvie Kukasian. You can find Sylvie at Instagram, uh, under her name, S-I-L-V-Y-K-H-O-U-C-A-S-I-A-N. Now, ah, I know it's hard to spell her name, but she's all over my Instagram page if you can't spell it, Sylvie Kukasian. Of course, that link and any other resources will be in the show notes at brianreeves.com slash way podcast. And remember, Elevate 2024, my year-long coaching experience for men committed to thriving in life, begins right around the corner. Go to brianreeves.com elevate for details and to apply. Only 10 men will be invited on this deep dive coaching journey with me, and only four spots now remain. Learn more and apply now at brianreeves.com slash elevate. brian with a Y, reeves.com elevate. Now finally, if you were served by this and think others should hear it too, please share this episode or just write a review so that you too can lead more men this way. And don't forget to subscribe yourself while you're at it. I'm your thriving life and relationship coach, Brian Reeves, Brian with Y Reeves. Until soon, keep your head up, your breath relaxed and your thoughts inspired.